Well, Thanksgiving is behind us, and now it's time to see if that's going to be a new take on that famous Christmas classic. Are we going to see this year How Hamas Stole Christmas? Hmm. Everybody, I'm Bill Whittle here with Steve Green and Scott Ott, and I know it sounds like it's being flipped, but it's actually not. Uh, we saw during Thanksgiving uh, pro-Palestinian protesters glue themselves to the road in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in order to show regular Americans just how to make you hate a cause that you may have been neutral about before. I don't think anything has done more for the petroleum industry than the stop oil movement and their constant roadblocks and all the rest of it. But these people seem to think it's working. And we hear reports from uh, from uh, uh, PJTV and our friend Steve Cruiser did a report about how already pro-Palestinian protesters have disrupted a, just a simple Christian gathering that's, you know, getting ready for the holidays. And there seems to be some indication that that the pro-Hamas uh, protesters won't just stop with Thanksgiving and all the rest of it. They're going to find a way to not only um, protest during uh, Christmas holiday things, but to interrupt them in order to get our attention. Uh, Scott, we've talked about this a couple times Um you often talk about salesmanship and how to win people over and so on. And honestly, from from the first time I ever heard of Palestine, ever, was when I was 13 mm. years old watching the 1972 yeah. Olympics. And the next thing I know, these guys in mass have, have just murdered innocent, uh, 13, I think, innocent Israeli hostages who had faces and names, shot them in the back of a helicopter, threw grenades in there. This is my introduction to Palestine, is a masked guy on a roof with a rifle underneath the Olympic flame of peace, Making a a, a a travesty of of everything that people believe is noble. Um, so, do you think that this uh, is going to happen? And if you do think it's going to happen, even if it happens a little bit, do you think it's going to help Hamas's cause in the in the West here, or are you more along the lines of my opinion, which is good? Let's just find out exactly how many people feel this way, and and let's find out just how tone deaf they are about things in this country. I think the idea that Hamas and their supporters, and there are many more who are not uh, officially part of Hamas, who are in the Gaza Strip, for example, who are supporters of Hamas and who we're led to believe are now just innocent civilian bystanders. Um, But I think that it is not in, in their makeup to desire good public relations. I think that is a template that the American media puts upon them, basically trying to make it seem like there's somebody in Hamas that cares about generating good PR. It's a terrorist group. Terror is the process of making someone afraid. The reason why that picture of that guy with the rifle and the the mask from 1972 sticks in your mind is because it was designed to scare you and to stay with you. And that's exactly what they tried to do on October 7th. Yes, they wanted body count, but more than anything, they wanted horrifying spectacle. Because they want you to be afraid of them at all times. Now we're led to believe this, like, oh, the uh, the Hamas health ministry reports on how many people passed away or how many children are in ICU and stuff like that. Oh, oh, the Hamas health ministry. You mean the people who, you know, flew hang gliders in so that they could burn babies alive and kill grandmothers. Those people, that's, who's the public relations spokesperson for that group? This is, it's absurd that anybody would think that this kind of behavior was going to engender sympathy for them. And now they're useful tools in the United States. Some of you who may be of of Palestinian extraction or may have moved here from, from that area the world, 
But a lot of them are just hapless dupes um, who decided they want to be part of some sort of cause, and you glue yourself to the street out there. Um, and whether you realize it or not, my my sticky friend, you are part of a terrorist group. You are now part of the process of making people afraid. You know, it's a really interesting point, Scott. It really is. And um, and Steve, you know. We're both pretty big on history, especially the Cold War. And one of the things that you see when you look back on the Cold War is this idea of mirroring, where the United States would would treat the Soviet Union as if they wanted to do the same motivations that yeah. we would. So we'd extend an olive branch, thinking that if somebody extended us an olive branch, then we'd respond positively. Well, their country's been invaded every century or so, and they don't see olive branches as olive branches. They see it as a sign of weakness and so on. And so we we give them the things that we think will make them respond the way we want them to, but what we're really doing is giving them the things that would make us respond the way that, that we want to. This is, this is called mirroring. So when Scott said that that, that mask figure on the uh, balcony in, in uh, the 72 Olympics was designed to frighten you, I, I think he's absolutely right. But the reason I bring up the mirroring is because they didn't frighten me at all. They made me very, very angry, but they didn't frighten me. And I'm wondering if this whole thing is just the kind of just this kind of absolute blindness to the reality of, of who we are as a people. It, 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 I think it's possible that they actually think that we're frightened of them. And I think it's possible that, that, that Hamas thinks that Israel is frightened of them. I don't think, look, Israel is on their guard for them, and we are on our guard for, for other things as well. But I'm not frightened about these savages. I'm not frightened about them at all. I know full well what, what, what civilized people can do to people like this if they decide to put their mind to it. We're seeing that going on right now. What do you think is behind this? I think for most of the people that glue their hands to the, to the, 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 the sidewalk in a Macy's parade are people who are looking for attention. They're virtue signaling. They're basically trying to say, look how sophisticated I am. All of you American knuckle-dragging idiots are supporting Israel, but I'm sophisticated enough and I have enough of a wide worldview and I have enough compassion, I have enough knowledge of history blah, 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 to, to be able to say that no, 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 this is the injustice here. Look, look at how special I am. Yeah, um, you know, when it became clear just a couple of days after October 7 that Israel had taken the gloves off, um, my first thought was that at the end of this, Gaza is going to look like any city on the Rhine in 1945 yeah. after the U.S. 8th Air Force had gotten its way with or it. Or Tokyo. Uh, because, yeah, because this is civilized. Nobody can be more brutal than a civilized people because we have the free markets and the free minds that can create the tools of war that these barbarians can never hope to match. All they can hope to do is terrorize us. And when that fails, look out, because we're going to make the rubble bounce, uh, God willing. Um, you know, there's something deeper going on here, and this is this is what gives them hope. Um, this is going to be a weird segue, but my wife and I watch a lot of food shows, and uh, w one of the best is, uh, is Top Chef. And... Uh, the co-host, uh, Padme uh, uh, Lakshmi, I think I've, I've got her name correct, um, is a hardcore left-winger, and Melissa was surfing Netflix or one of the streaming services and said, oh, Padme's got her own show, and I'm like, ooh, I'll give it a try, but I know it's going to get political when, when she doesn't have, like, the Top Chef brand to protect. Well, I'll, I'll try an episode. Oh, hey, let's try the one with Mexico. I just, I love authentic Mexican food. Let's, let's give that one a shot. And sure enough, we're 10 minutes into the damn show, and she's interviewing this this one Mexican chef who refuses to use flour tortillas because those are remnants of colonialism. Mm. I'm like, 
No, it's just people making do with the ingredients they have. Shut up and cook me the food. Um, that, that aside, colonialism has become a very big deal over the last 20, 30 years as these uh, deconstructionists and all the rest have taken over the universities and a lot of our public discourse. And sure, maybe colonialism wasn't the best thing, although if you'd ask a lot of people in Syria when they had it better, uh, the last 15 years or when the French ran the place, uh, a India. lot of them might, might want to bring the French back. But there, there's a, and we talk about colonial mindsets and all, and all the rest. You have to remove the white thinking from your brain or whatever. But there's, there is actual colonialism going on, and it's, it's not the colonialism we're used to. Look, we've got, we, we have pro-Hamas groups trying to ruin Christmas in New York, but I don't see anybody going to Saudi Arabia and waving around buckets of KFC at hungry people during Ramadan. Um, we, we've got. We we have all of these we have all of these uh, foreign anti Western influences in our major universities and our minor universities, but you don't see uh, the University of Baghdad taking money from American groups to start training them in in free minds and free markets uh, or constitutional theory or, or or anything like that. So yes, there is colonialism going on, but it's not. Western European nations going into to Africa or the Middle East and taking over their country. It's, it's foreign thinking taking over our institutions. It is pro-Hamas groups ruining Christmas for New Yorkers and all the rest. There is colonialism going on. And for all the talk about how evil it is, the people doing the talking sure are good at it. Uh, folks, terrorism is a is a symptom of asymmetrical warfare, and asymmetrical warfare is defined as two sides that are not even close to each other in terms of capability. So on 9-11, for example, um, al-Qaeda terrorists hijacked four American planes and flew them into the uh, Trade Center and into the Pentagon and into a field in Arizona because our, our junior varsity girls team was able to stop them in, in, in real time after they'd been planning this attack for for five or six years or more. But the, but the point I'm trying to make is, I'll tell you what didn't happen on 9-11. New York and the Pentagon weren't bombed by the Al-Qaeda Air Force on 9-11 because Al-Qaeda doesn't have an Air Force and they're not capable of generating an Air Force because they're not capable of doing anything that requires any kind of complexity. None of this trust-based society. It's all just very simple, barbaric kind of thing. Same thing with the attack on Israel. Israel could have at any time, still remains to this day, capable of pushing Gaza into the ocean and they don't. Even now, they don't. And so you end up with this asymmetrical warfare, and, and, and this breeds the kind of hatred that, that transcends rational hatred. There's a rational hatred uh, that America had of Japan after the attack on Pearl Harbor, and an understanding that it's going to be us or them after this now. And so that's a, a rational hatred. But what what these people are doing is they are doing things that are hurting their own cause out of spite, just out of spite. They really honestly would rather simply just beat up the naked body of an Israeli uh, hostage or who's been murdered and, and enjoy that 30 seconds of, uh, of dopamine hit. And then, and then the suffering will come later, but they don't, they don't care. Uh, Westerners who are part of this uh, movement are almost exclusively extremely well-off, rich, white, liberal kids who, who have nothing to do, have no sense of purpose in their life, and they're doing it for attention, and they're doing it for 
look, I can sum this up very simply. We're in the world now where virtue signaling has gotten so far extreme, it's gone all the way around the planet, and now it is vice signaling. That's what they're doing. They're vice signaling for attention. And, um, and, and this is not a surprise to us. What I think is going to become a surprise to, to them is going to be this realization that I'm feeling everywhere across the board that, that we good people, uh, often on both parties, have had enough of this. We've had enough. It's not working. You've used our decency and our compassion against us time and time again. You tell people that they're racist so they shut up because they think that racism is horrible. If you were an actual racist and they called you a racist, you'd turn it up. So, so we have had now for 20 years our, our compassion, our decency, and our sense of, of justice weaponized against us, and that particular material has reached saturation point now. It's just saturated. You're not going to get any more out of it. So they can chain themselves to buildings. They can they can uh, do whatever they want to to Christmas trees. They can they can blow up uh, you know a a a, a, a crash display someplace. They can do whatever they want to. It is not going to get them what they want. It's going to get them more of what they don't want. And this is why I'm not worried about this, and I'm certainly not frightened about it. My attitude towards all of this with things that come up from, bubble up from the dark underside of America, like finding out the number of people who support these murderers, I have a pragmatic attitude about this. And my attitude is, is simple. I can use two examples. The, the only thing worse than going down into your basement and shining a flashlight around and finding out that your foundation has been eaten out by termites is not going down into the basement and shining light around and finding your foundation has been eaten out by termites because once you do that, you can start to correct it. Likewise, the only thing worse than getting a diagnosis that you've got cancer is not getting the diagnosis that you've got cancer because it's another day that cancer goes unchallenged. The day you get your diagnosis is the day you start fighting back. So I, I'm perfectly not happy but I am rational enough to realize that the more of this that they do, the more these anti-oil protesters decide to stop traffic, the more that all of these virtue-signaling lunatics create more and more and more and more hatred towards their cause, the better I like it. It's not a pleasant experience, but it's a necessary one. Come and check us out on our brand new BillWhittle.com website. It's flashy, it's cool, it's fast, it's fun, and if you like it, you can just hang out there and, and soak it all up. We've been working on it for a long time. But until then, for uh, Steve Green and Scott Ott, I'm Bill Whittle, and we'll see you next time on Right Angle.